now, The Whole Home Show with Tony Joe on CFAX 1070. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of The Whole Home Show. I'm Tony Joe, your host every week, bringing you tips, education, and updates on home-related matters. Whether you're in the real estate market or if you're looking for decorating or improvement ideas for your home, this is the place to be. Our show comes to you with the support of our show partners, Denise Webster, mortgage broker with Dominion Lending Center's Modern Mortgage Group, Carrie Augustini, insurance manager, Westland Insurance, operating as Island Savings Insurance, the Sitka Law Group for your real estate, wills and estates, corporate and personal injury needs, and Shoreline Inspections with Reese Jacob and Monica Gass. If you need help or direction in your real estate transaction, give the whole Home Show team members a call. They'd love to hear from you. Their contact information can be found by finding our page on the cfax1070.com website. Look under Shows. There you'll find us, The Whole Home Show, with me, Tony Joe, and all their contact information is there. Or you can always reach out to me. I'd be happy to connect you. I can also help you, by the way. I've been selling real estate here in Greater Victoria for over 28 years. I'm a born and raised Victorian. I've never left here, and I love our town. I'm a huge community supporter, as you'll find out from today's episode all about community. In my time, I've helped hundreds of people achieve their goals and dreams in real estate, and I'd be happy to help you too. So you can find me also by visiting the cfax1070.com website uh, or visit my team's website, the Prime Real Estate Team, www.primeteam.ca. It's the holiday season, and seemingly everyone is getting their homes ready for family time and other festivities. But we here at The Whole Home Show acknowledge that there are others in our community who need help during this time of year. Today you'll learn from some of the many organizations out there whose mandate it is to help those in need. You'll hear about Anawim House with Terry Edison-Brown, Soap for Hope with Ann McIntyre, and finally CFAX's Santa's Anonymous' own Christine Hewitt. We're going to learn so much about all the great work that they do here in the community. Uh, We start with our weekly listener question. If you have a question or a story to tell us about real estate, we'd love to hear about it. Give us a call. Our phone number is 250-414-6540. That's 250-414-6540. Or again, find us online, cfax1070.com. Look under shows. You'll find us there, and we'll discuss it on the air. This week from Louise. Can you talk about real estate commissions? You don't seem to cover them on your program. What is the rate and who decides? Thanks for bringing that up, Louise. Actually, it's funny. Um, We don't get this question very often. Uh, Although you're right, uh, it's not something that has been a focus on our program. Uh, It's a question that consumers have. You know, how much does it cost to buy or sell real estate? Um, So the... The first thing uh, I need to tell you is there is no set real estate fee. You know, I'll have sellers ask me uh, during interviews, uh, you know, what is the standard commission rate? Well, there isn't one. And the reason why there isn't one is because the uh, Canadian government uh, has anti-competitive rules in place. It's the Competition Bureau that basically um, uh, it prevents any sort of service provider from setting fees or rates uh, on anything. So there is no set fee. We, we cannot say that the set real estate commission is blank because there is no set one. Uh, agents are welcome to have their own 
uh, rate based on the value that they are providing you, a consumer. So um, there is no set rate. Now, uh, that being said, there are regions where the calculations are different. So, uh, for instance, in Western Canada, in British Columbia, and in Alberta, uh, there typically is a calculation uh, that you might be familiar with. It's based on a percentage of the first $100,000 of the sale, and then typically a smaller percentage on the balance. If you're wondering why this is expressed this way, by the way, it's because it was created when properties were only $100,000 30 or 40 years ago. Uh, and that's the reason why they created uh, that sort of stepped rate. Uh, you got to understand, too, that outside of British Columbia and Alberta, this is foreign because everywhere else it is typically just one percentage on the entire uh, amount, uh, as we see in the East or in the States or actually globally anywhere else in the world. So it is a little bit strange. And, uh, again, there is no set rate, uh, although there are rates that tend to be common, um, this is something that you're going to want to ask your realtor when you're talking to them. Because here's something else that uh, you should know about. Um, since the agent is able to determine their own rate based on their marketing plan or the, the, you know, the, their, their demonstration of ability to, uh, to work for you, um, you're going to want to know exactly what it is you're getting for that amount because, you see, there are some agents that are very inexpensive. There are some agents that are expensive or on the um, pricey side of things. Um, does that mean that you only pick the lowest price? Well, you know, I'll leave that for you to decide. There are agents who have parsed out their marketing, so they have uh, separated things out so that you may you might need to pay extra for certain things like open houses uh, or marketing. You may need to pay for marketing in advance. You just need to know exactly what it is before you sign on the dotted line. Most agents uh, offer everything under one package price. Um, and by the way, if you're a seller, this is an area of concern, of course, what the cost is going to be for you. You need to know what the bottom line is after you sell, how much you'll net after all the smoke is cleared. Um, but typically speaking, half of the brokerage fee goes to paying the agent who introduces the buyer to your home. It's what they call a cooperating commission, cooperating fee. Um, this is important because, you know, really what you want to do is you want to maximize the power of the MLS system where we, uh, as organized real estate, uh, generate all of this interest through MLS. That is the multiple listing service. It is not something that is open to the public, by the way. This is something only accessible by licensed agents. Uh, you want to have your information, your house out there, uh, and make it attractive enough for other agents to say, you know what, I want to bring my buyer to this house. It looks like a nice house. It appears reasonably priced. And, uh, oh, so nice, I will be compensated for bringing my buyer uh, to the property here. Now, of course, the buyer's agent does not work for you, the seller. Uh, the fee you're offering is an incentive for them to bring their buyer. They still represent their buyer client. Uh, the rules, of course, now are that a, a single agent cannot represent both the buyer and seller any time in the transaction. And by the way, another thing that you're probably uh, curious about is, uh, is real estate commission negotiable? Well, sure. You can talk to your agent uh, and see uh, if they will make a concession for you. Um, do not assume that they all are. 
there are agents that have a very strong value proposition. They're able to demonstrate exactly what it is they've done for other people. They're able to demonstrate their results and what they're able to get. For instance, uh, comparing their uh, eventual sale price to original list price on properties, how long it took them to sell, uh, even how many properties they did sell. And the reason why that is important, by the way, is if it is important for you, to have a full-time agent that does a lot of transacting because it means that they have a lot of practice at the negotiation table as opposed to someone who might sell two or three houses a year, uh, in which case it's an occasional uh, uh, situation and not necessarily one that happens on a regular basis. So these are all really important questions to ask. I, I, you know, getting back to your question, Louise, um, who decides the rate? Well, that is something, again, uh, it's what the agent uh, is offering in their package and exactly how they are going to uh, apply all of their tools and skills to getting your property sold. So there's a wide span. I realize I'm not giving you a complete answer, but it's only because there isn't a specific answer. Uh, just know that, uh, you know, Realtors here, we have a very important role in a real estate transaction. It is to protect the interests of you as a seller if you're selling your property, and also on behalf of buyers to represent their best interest as well, too. It's a system that's been around for a very long time. It works really well. And it's the reason why people like myself are not concerned about being made redundant uh, as other industries have with the advent of the Internet, for instance. Thank you for your question, Louise. And for anyone else, uh, if you've got a question or something that you'd like us to address here on the program, just give us a call, 250-414-6540, or find us online. And just as a reminder, if you're a podcast listener, you can find our show on iTunes and Google Play. We're going to take a quick break here in a moment, and when we come back, we'll be talking about some of the great organizations within our community uh, that are helping people in need over the Christmas holidays, because it is, after all, the festive and giving season. We'll be back in just a moment. You're listening to The Whole Home Show with Tony Joe on CFAX 1070. Thanks for joining us. This is The Whole Home Show, and I'm Tony Joe. Here we are, ready for the festive season. And we often think about the people who maybe need some help and how we as a community can get together and help them. Uh, that's what the episode today is talking all about. And our first guest right now is Terry Edison-Brown. Terry is the house manager at Anuam House. Uh, Terry, thanks for coming. Thank you very much, Tony. You've been here before. Great having you back. Thank you. Yeah, and uh, of course, my background is I spent a number of years on the board at Anuam House, and I was the vice chair for a couple of years. So uh, it is a organization that is very close to my heart. Can you tell the listeners what Anuam House is all about, Terry? So what we are is we're a day house for people that are living in poverty that are trying to find a better way of life. Mm -hmm. So in a nutshell, what we do is rather than do something for the people that come to our door, we allow the people that come to our door do everything. Uh -huh. um, it's a matter of doing for, not against, right? Yeah. So um, one of the big things that we do is we empower the poor when they, when they come to us. It's the people that come that make the meals. It's the people that come that... Uh, look after the home. It's the people that come that make the home what it is. Um, while that is happening, because they feel a little bit better about who they are, we're able to find out why, why are they on the street? Why are they living the way that they're living? Mm -hmm. And what direction can we help them with to, f to get those changes that they need? Uh, obviously, the big ones being mental health and uh, addiction are probably the biggest terms that are used, but really underlying all of that is trauma. 
And dealing with the trauma is actually our biggest thing that we do is that we help people get the help that they need so that they're not having to to go into addiction, that they're able to get the help for their mental illness, that they're able to actually become the people that they were always meant to be. Yeah. Um, this process happens different ways. We do this by uh, residentially where we have uh, seven men that can live in the house. And uh, while they're there, they change yeah. and they grow. And we have a drop-in program that we can help anywhere between 25 to 40 people can come to us each day. Mm -hmm. uh, we have laundry, we have showers, we have food. Uh, but most importantly, we have companionship. Like our actual name of our society is the Anawim Companions Society. And I want to, uh, companions, it, we, we're in this together. Yeah. We need to work together. And that's what we do. Right, so anybody that comes in the house, yeah. we find out who they are. And you know, this is evident when somebody comes in and has a visit. So the the house is located on Vancouver Street at uh, Vancouver, Cal Caledonia. Caledonia, and uh, for our listeners here, you would never know. Like it's it, it's a it's a beautiful home. It's got a white picket fence. And it is not a um, uh, institutionalized feeling uh, structure. It's a it's a home. It's a place for people to congregate. Exactly. Uh, and for anyone who pops in, I mean, I, I drop in every once in a while. Um, you know, dropping things off and just seeing the people who are there. You know, familiar faces. Uh, it, it just like what you said. It's it very much is a uh, a companion um, society, right? Yeah. yeah, and that's the we do our best to keep it as a home. Yeah. Um, with the exception of these exit lights that we have to have on by the law, yeah. Um, yeah. everything else, it's a home. Yeah. Um, we have a living room. We have a kitchen. We have a dining room. Yeah. And it's not bordered off. It's not, you know, we work together. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, Anawim House was created, it was what, 1990, right? So Anna, uh, we became a society in 1987. Yeah. And what we did is we sat down with the, with the street people and asked them, what can we do to help you? And they told us, Stop doing everything for us. Give us a home that we can call our own. Yeah. So we became a society in 1987, and then we were able to purchase the house, um, well, the lot, mm -hmm. in 1991. Yeah. It was a small little house that has since grown, yeah. and it is, it's, quite the, uh, it's quite the facility right now. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Uh, now, uh, anyone can, of course, uh, uh, participate. Um, people are welcome to donate to uh, Anawim House. All that money stays in town here. And Absolutely. it helps the people in our community, right? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Christmas time now, too. Uh, what do you find people are dropping off? Or what can a listener uh, do to help Anawim House? Well, there's many, many different things that uh, to help with Anawim. Yeah. Obviously, there's financial. Uh, we're always, always in need of, uh, of money to be able to do the services that we I, do. I think it's really important that people should know that there, there really is no government assistance at Anawim House. It's all through the graces of people in the community. Correct. Yeah. And we do that deliberately. We do that so that we are not... Um, Beholden. Yeah, exactly. Like the, the government, depending on who's in power, funding can just end on a dime. And yeah. we would hate to, to lose our organization due to a, a government yeah. thing happening. Change. Right? Yeah. yeah. So we actually go out each year and we say, this is who we are. This is what we do. Yeah. Um, we do this on a very, very small budget. Yes. Um, we it, actually, it truly is. Yeah. Our yeah. budget's around $400,000 per year. Yeah. And that, and that's feeding forty people a day, showers, uh, laundry facilities. That's housing seven men full time. That's all of the things you guys do. That is there are businesses in town that spend more than that just in operational costs. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, so obviously finances are a big one. 
Um, physical items are always needed as well. Um, so we're always in need of food. Mm-hmm. Always, always, always. Like people have come to me and said, what can we donate to you food-wise? And I say, you know what? What do you – look at your grocery bill yep. and times that by 30. Yeah. That's what Anawim needs. Yes. Like we need, don't need eight rolls of toilet paper. Yeah. We need 64 rolls of toilet paper. Yeah. Uh, we need not four things of craft Dinner. We need 20 boxes of craft Dinner. Yeah. Um, obviously, we don't need that from one single person, but every little bit counts. And this is how we're able to keep our costs down. Yeah. Right? Uh, that's a big one. Um, what is going to be happening on December 20th, which is a Friday, yep. we are going to be doing our Anawim Christmas Day. Mm-hmm. Uh, we used to do this actually on Christmas Day, but there's so many functions in town that are open, that are doing f- Christmas, that it was really spreading out. <laughs> so we wanted to do our own for our people when it's best for them. So we're doing it on the 20th, and what we'll be doing is having food pretty well all day long we'll be doing latkes in the morning we'll then do some fun fun stuff through the yeah. afternoon and a big turkey dinner at night yeah. but the big thing that we'll be doing is doing a christmas giveaway yeah. so people will be going into our clothing room and that clothing room will be full of brand new clothing yeah this will be jackets scarves mittens toques shirts yeah. socks wool socks yeah. pants rain gear these items are hugely needed. Yes. And right now, I probably have about half of what I need. Yeah. Uh, we're always needing those. So, so this is a call out for any listener who uh, needs to clean out their closet. Yeah. Now's the time yeah. and bring these. And, you, and not just men's, but men's. Men's and, and women's, women. So our right? our program is yeah. men, and, men and women. Yeah. Right. So we're looking for the new items yeah. that we're able to give out yeah. on that day. And obviously used clothing is always taken as well. And we can always just, mm-hmm. we won't be putting it out that day, mm-hmm. but afterwards absolutely. amazing december the 20th december 20th okay yeah okay uh i mean animal does other things too the uh the christmas tree sales always a big one you guys are pretty well out for for the year now but um as a reminder to anyone who wants a beautiful live christmas tree uh um this is a big fundraiser for animal it's absolutely huge and we are having tremendous sales this year and any of you that would like to uh purchase a tree i would suggest that you look on our facebook page yep. at um Anawim House, yes, and I will be pumping that out. Uh, how many trees we have left? And yes. um, it's kind of near the end now, so it's. Yeah. I, I'm very, but, but these these are always so. These trees you get from the island, right? Yes, they're local trees. Yeah. Uh, we get them from um, up in Cowichan. Yep, and um, yeah, and the tree sales have been going on for years. This we started doing this. This was our first fundraiser. Mm-hmm. So uh, Larry Pastor, who's our our founding Found member, mm-hmm. used to sell Christmas trees on the Hillside Mall lot yeah. for Anawim. Yeah. Yeah, Amazing. and it's still the same tree guy. Yeah. I met up with him yesterday, and we had uh, we reminisced Amazing. of the way back when. Yeah, yeah you know, I, one of the reasons why Animal House is, is so is so close to uh, to my heart here is the 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 work uh, that is done. Uh, the seven residents that you talked about for a moment currently is a men's house. Yes, there there are plans underway for a women's one, and hopefully you'll have news to give us at some point uh, in the near future. There, absolutely, um, but. Um, since you said there's no government funding, it means that a resident can stay for as long as they need to stay, right? Well, that's the key because you know what? You never know You never know what the issues are. Yeah. You know, um, I've always – there's a – what I've found happens with people that, you know, when we meet people, people give us all 
say everything that they need to say to us. Yeah. Right. They need housing. They need to change. They need to grow. So they're on their best behavior, and they tell me everything that I need to. And then hear. you find out later. Then yeah. they move in. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> then we find out what the real issues are. Yeah. Um, and honestly, you never know what that is until that onion gets opened up. And when it gets opened up, you never. And it, it can't. Ta- it can't be a government two month or six month program. It well, could it be can't years. be. You know, like when somebody's living on the street for ten years, and you think that a six month program is going to change that. Yeah. That's ludicrous. Yeah. Ludicrous. That's ten years of living a certain way, yeah. and you think in six months that's going to change. Yeah. Well, I, doesn't so, happen. So much to talk about. Thanks again for coming, uh, Terry. And for anyone who doesn't know about Anna Wim House, find it online, Anna Wim Companion Society. I'll put it on our link on the webpage here, too. Uh, and people can pop down. Corner Absolutely. We have an open-door policy. Great. Thanks for coming, Terry. Thank you very much, Tony. We'll be back in just a moment. Now, The Whole Home Show with Tony Joe on CFAX 1070. Thanks for coming back. You're listening to The Whole Home Show, and I'm Tony Joe. Our show comes to you with the support of our show partners, Denise Webster, mortgage broker with Dominion Lending Center's Modern Mortgage Group, Carrie Augustini, insurance manager with Westland Insurance, operating as Island Savings Insurance, the Sitka Law Group for your real estate, wills, and estates, corporate and personal injury needs, and Shoreline Building Inspections principal with principals Reese Jacob and Monica Gass. If you need help or direction in your real estate transaction, give any of the Home, ho- home Show team a call. They would love to chat with you. Uh, we're talking today about uh, Christmas time and all of the neat things that happen out there in the community. We just had uh, with us Terry Edison Brown from Anawim House. Right now on the phone, uh, ca- calling from her own workshop, is Anne McIntyre. Anne is the executive director of Soap for Hope. Uh, Anne, thanks for joining us. Thanks, Tony, for having me. I was just at the shop earlier today uh, having a visit and helping out with a group of realtors. Uh, that is a nifty operation. Thank you, and we appreciate you coming down and helping us with our Christmas orders. Yeah, well, listen, let's tell our listeners all about what Soap for Hope does. Um, Tell us. Sure. Okay, so Soap for Hope works with hotels, mainly on Vancouver Island, but also in Vancouver, B.C., and Alberta. We take all the used amenities and all their linens and anything else they need to get rid of that other people can use. We reprocess them, and we provide them to over 200 community facilities right now in B.C. So we're looking at shelters, transitional homes, food banks, low-income schools, vulnerable seniors, refugees, Indigenous groups, and anyone else that really just needs help with basic amenities. I think it's really important for people to know. I mean, it's one of the, having now visited your site uh, a couple of times and uh-huh. seeing, like, these big totes full yeah. of... The shampoo bottles that I'm familiar with whenever I stay at the Fairmont, for instance. For example, yeah. Um, and and there are there's like a tons of these things sitting there. And the question is, how do you get them? And, you know, there there's always that thought that people have in their minds. Well, I'd like to take these items and maybe donate them, but, you know, right. I feel kind of guilty doing so. So yeah. what do people need to know? Well, what they need to know with our participating hotels is all those bottles are collected and those soaps, they're put in our bins and we collect them on a weekly or monthly basis, depending on the hotel and how busy they are. Mm -hmm. So all of those amenities, even if you never use them, they're going to go to a good home. So we bring them back to the warehouse, we sort through them, we wash them, and by the time that they leave our warehouse, they look absolutely brand new. So Mm -hmm. none of this product is going in the garbage. Uh, right now, we're probably processing over 10,000 pounds a month. That's a lot. 
It is a lot. And I think that when people see it at our warehouse, they get a better sense of the sheer volume Mm -hmm. that would have gone in the landfill every single month. Yeah. And and this is the thing. I mean, addressing that whole guilt thing about, you know, oh, I I feel bad taking the, Mm -hmm. you know, shampoos and, you know, giving them uh, to people in need or whatever. Um, You're paying for them anyways, right? Yeah, it's part of your room costs. And yeah, I mean, it is great that people collect them and take them home. But a lot of times what we find is people have the best intention to take them somewhere and they don't. And they end up with a lot of them at their own home. Which end up going to the garbage sometimes. Which go into the garbage. Uh, We do work with people that come down to our warehouse and drop them off for us. And then, you know, because we're really on the pulse of what our shelters need, we are delivering to them weekly, bi-monthly or monthly, depending again on their needs. Mm-hmm. Well, let's talk about uh, what my group of realtors was putting together this morning uh, and their, their hygiene kits. Yeah, so we have been working with some schools and in conjunction with a program called Backpack Buddies. So they provide food to kids on the weekend that wouldn't otherwise have food. And we thought, you know, if, if a child doesn't have food, they probably don't have a toothbrush, toothpaste, and their basic amenities. Mm-hmm. So we put together hygiene kits, which is, a bar of soap, shampoo, conditioner, body wash, body lotion, and we also add a toothbrush and toothpaste Mm -hmm. and then provide them in a little kit to children in our community and also in Vancouver. Yeah, and you've, uh, in the past week, you've made, it's like 1,600 or something? It's a big number. Yeah, it is. It was 1,300 going to Vancouver, and we have 500 that go every two weeks in Victoria. Yeah, and an important thing, uh, too, you mentioned uh, toothbrush and toothpaste. Now, those are items that cannot be recycled, so these are things that, that Soap for Hope needs to source out, right? Absolutely. So, you know, we always are looking for donations and it could be a monetary donation so we can purchase them. Or, you know, we do have people that come forward and donate those two items for us. Mm -hmm. Um, There's a number of things that we can't repurchase or repurpose. So we need to buy them. If we're going to be a complete hygiene solution, you know, we want to make sure that people have exactly what they need. Yeah, and as much as the need is important around the Christmas season, I mean, this is something that is year-round as well too, right? It is. We do this every single week. We are putting orders out into our community. I mean, bars of soap and shampoo are something you need on an ongoing basis. Mm-hmm. And what we have found and what shelters have told us is that when their recipients are using soap and brushing their teeth, their self-esteem goes up. Um, maybe they didn't catch a cold or the flu because they're actually washing their hands and have what they need. Mm-hmm. And, you know, these are basic needs that I think people forget about, you know? Okay. Uh, and and uh, for some, you know, it's it, it's it's just not that accessible, right? Well, I agree, and I think we somehow found a niche. I mean, we've been working with DC wildfires and emergency programs by providing just hygiene amenities for evacuation centers, mm-hmm. and you know, people are looking after food and shelter and water, but they forget sometimes that when you evacuate your home, you don't do not bring your toothbrush with you. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So the basics are sometimes what we need to start with. Yeah, it's it's amazing. And and uh, again, this is your facilities in in Vic West. You're right in town here. Uh, so many volunteers uh, I've seen uh, working out of the shop there. Um, it's just amazing the, uh, the 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 scope of the work that you guys do. Thank you so much. And our volunteers are amazing. I mean, we have people that are five years old and we have 85-year-olds that come into the warehouse and feel that they're really giving back to their community in a meaningful way. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, groups, too. So I know the Harborside Rotary uh, Club uh, was down there, right? 
Yes, they were. They're there weekly. They're down at our facility. We have a lot of service groups, a lot of um, high school groups that come down and do their volunteer experiences with us as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, you know, come on down. We have Monday and Wednesday during the day for people to drop in and give a few hours or t- twice. A month in the evenings, uh, you can come from six to eight and help us process hygiene. Yeah, and again, this is—we're not just talking over the Christmas season. This is year-round. People can help out uh, uh, at any point, uh, any point of the year, right? That's right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We do this every week. Now, if people want to learn a little bit more, uh, where can they visit online? Yeah, for right now, I would uh, direct people to our Facebook page, okay. so Hope for Hope, and uh, we put pictures up all the time, and we try and advertise the hotels that work with us and also the shelters. Yeah. It, again, it is just amazing. I mean, the the, the, the system, I've had a, the opportunity now, uh, having spoken to you a couple times, to learn about the process and the system, and it is so refined. You've got it all set up <laughs> from the, you know, the, the pickup and delivery and, and uh, um, sending these packages out. Uh, it is, it's unbelievable. And, you know, for someone like me who honestly uses a lot of, uh, uh, I do a lot of hotel stays during the year, uh-huh. Uh, it's something that comes to my mind often is it's the waste and, and you know, how, how can it be repurposed to help people that, uh, that could use the help? Great. Well, it's nice. Uh, you know, I hope that people start looking at those amenities a little bit differently and, and know that when we get them in the warehouse, if we empty out a bottle, all those bottles now can be recycled because the product is taken out of them. Yeah, what a difference. And uh, one last thing, too. You, you had mentioned things like uh, linens uh, and all, because I've seen that as well, too. Um, mm-hmm. uh, what do you do with all of the... Because the, there, are, there are sheets and linens that have little tears or rips or whatever that the hotel can't right. use anymore, right? That's right. So if they have a, you know, a very big ripper stain, we donate them to the SCCA and ARC. If they are fine and might just have a little rip or they just are out of their usable life at the hotel, we make bed packs. And they have a full set of sheets, pillowcases, a towel, a blanket, and two sets of slippers in them. So those will go to somebody that may need a bed or bedding. Um, It's gone to evacuation centers. We've also sent them overseas. But most importantly, in our, our community, we need to be handing out the blankets and the towels. Yeah. Amazing. So this, yeah. Yeah. The, the work that you guys do is just fantastic. And, of course, uh, if anyone would like to uh, participate or donate, that's also uh, uh, something they can do, right? Of course. We um, welcome both of those things. Very good, very good. Well, thanks for joining us, Anne. I know you're busy. You're busy in your uh, workshop because now is a busy time, and hence the reason you're on the phone. But uh, I love the work you guys do, uh, and uh, I enjoy myself putting in some time uh, filling these little hygiene kits. That was fun. Great. Thank you so much for coming down this morning, and I'll make sure your realtors have finished that order. (laughs) Great. (laughs) Thanks, Anne. And for everyone else, we're going to take a quick break. Back in just a moment. This is The Whole Home Show with Tony Joe on CFAX 1070. Thanks for coming back. You're listening to The Whole Home Show, and I'm Tony Joe. Having a fantastic episode today talking about all the fun stuff that happens over the Christmas season. And our next guest here is no stranger to our listeners here at CFAX. Of course, now we're talking about CFAX Santa's Anonymous. And we have with us right now the Executive Director, uh, Christine. Who, Christine, thanks for coming. Thank you. Thank you're you, not Tony. far. You're down the hall. It's very <laughs> convenient. It was so nice to see you pop by and wave me on in. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Well, listen, I mean... Uh, 
obviously the CFAX listeners are no strangers to uh, CFAX Santa's Anonymous. We do podcast our program too. So uh, there will be others who maybe don't know about the program. Uh, and I just wanted to talk about it today because um, I love it. I love being involved. Uh, and I, I want to make sure people know all about what Santa's Anonymous is. So tell us about it. Thank you, Tony. And you do have a wonderful spirit for Christmas oh, giving, I have I to tell I you. Love it. Thank you so much. Yes, um, CFAX Santa's Anonymous started 42 years ago. Hard to believe. I know. Yeah. When Mel Cooper brought this uh, forward uh, from Marilyn Can, who mm. was running this a out of her basement. Realtor. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. That was really great of her to, yeah. and th- that connection right there yeah. was the beginning of this. And well, Mel, before I forget, yeah. I, I remember for years she would come to our Christmas party and talk about the bears, and she would bring a bear because uh, she really did. Uh, um, she was a champion and an ambassador for for the program. Truly, is still at this at at this age and yeah. of her life where she's retired now, mm-hmm. and and uh, you Long know, longtime realtor, isn't it and something? A, a amazing community uh, person, yeah. Ex- exactly. And she comes by, you know, with this and and as an honorary honorary board member um, and a true ambassador of this program. I mean, her heart is really deeply embedded yeah. in it. Yeah. And so when she made this connection with Mel Cooper. And Mel thought, mm, this is really a great opportunity to help kids. Again, another a philanthropist with a great uh, view of um, children and the meaning coming from a huge family himself, and yeah. and and just how he how wonderful he knew Christmas meant to to children everywhere. And so it really evolved into this amazing thing. And uh, you know, I just slipped in here ten years ago yeah. into this already beautiful unique system where what happens is applicants register people register to have help at christmas always a hard thing to do yeah and once that's done and and we have that family registered with us we uh, give them instructions of when they can call when the kids aren't around you know just to again this is anonymous so you know some families the kids know they're going to be getting help and in some families they do not Mm -hmm. So the parent calls our volunteers. We have a long discussion about what gifts they can have. And they usually arrange for two gifts, roughly around $40 each. We take the child's interests. And with that, the kids are able to um, uh, have two gifts and their interests are kind of kept in the background there for us to think about for later. And we put those wishes on... uh, each wish goes on one bear, yeah. and it's our logo colored by local children, and those hang on the, in the shopping centers for three weeks, yeah. and donors go, and families, and businesses like yours, and individuals, and they take that wish, and they go buy the toy. They come back with the gift, and we take it to the workshop where we match it with the child's hamper. Yeah. And that's part one of what we do. Part two of what we do is we supply a three-bag grocery bag of food and a food gift card to help the family. And kids are out of school, Tony, from, you know, and, and many children need to access the breakfast and the lunch programs and snack programs at school. And so when they're home for those two weeks, there isn't very much to eat sometimes. Yeah. And so our groceries are designed to get through those two weeks. Yeah. And so we have a, 
breakfasts and lunch options and dinner preparations to start and snacks. And then we also put in a two-page recipe ideas for the kids, for the little older ones that are at home. Yeah. What can I eat, you know? Yeah. And, and so that's what we do, and that's how our community does this. Now, there are, there are 1,500 families, right? Up to 1,500 families, yes. We're still shaking it all out, and, yeah. and we met our capacity quite a while ago. It's really important for, for us to remember. I mean, at Christmas time, we're all excited uh, we're, uh, going out shopping, um, you know, hanging out with the kids. Uh, and I think sometimes we forget that there are people in the community that, um, you know, and, and we're not, we're, we're talking people that you may work with, you know, uh, other, you know, fellow employees that um, are having a hard time making ends meet. And, you know, they don't, they don't want to tell people about their, their financial uh, struggles, but this is where Santa's Anonymous comes in handy, right? It does. And, you know, our, what we've, we've had a relationship with the Greater Victoria Firefighters uh, from Souk to Sydney, mm-hmm. um, Syria, that, that we work with. And the firefighters deliver and help at pickup days just so that everybody keeps their, um, th- that anonymous feeling to it if they want, you know. Yeah. Uh, it's very, um, it's hard to ask for help. Yes. And so, yeah, so that must so be true. The, so you're talking about like a, a phone call. That must be a difficult call for most people. It, it can be. And, yeah. you know, our volunteers go through training and they're incredibly warm and sensitive and, and get it. They get it completely. And then, and, and even when the toys make it back to the workshop, as I explained, and you see lots of toy drives happening around town for Santa's Anonymous, yeah. it's because we actually add a third gift. You know, we really make it special for that child. And, and we've had some people on in the last couple of weeks to talk about that they were recipients and now they're donors or mm. now they're volunteers. Well, 42 years. So right? even yeah. when you come up to the table to yeah. sign out that bear, you very could well be accepting that from a recipient yeah. of years ago. So so a little more detail about the uh, the Santa Bears at the Trees of Wishes. Um, and they are at Mayfair Mall, Hillside, Uptown, West Shore Town uh, Center. And I, we also have one in the uh, Remax office in the Oak Bay, uh, mm-hmm. Oak Bay Village. And what people can do is they, they sign out one of these bears, and it has the, the, the child's age and specifically what they ask for. Mm-hmm. And the intent, of course, is that you sign this out, uh, you go to the mall, and you pick up that item. Uh, what I love when I volunteer there is seeing the families. Isn't it something? Right? And then they bring their kids, and it's part of... It's part of Christmas for them. And it's what we're teaching our children about the gift of giving. You know, it's really a, a time of year where, you know, we're trying to teach our families about this, our children at the same time. Yeah. And there's no better way. And it's always so fun, though, too, Tony, as you probably recall. Some of the kids will come back with the present kind of young yep. and having to understand that they're giving that away now. Mm. That really isn't their gift. So it's kind of fun. And and uh, we I, give them a I little. Have witnessed, I have witnessed learning experiences. <laughs> yes. You know, it's it's fantastic. Yeah, it truly is. Yeah, uh, Angie on my team, um, she was mentioning the other day that she uh, over the years, what what they have done is her two girls, they typically pick a gift for kids that are the same age, you know, so that they can, um, you know, it's it's better understanding, right? It is, and you know, I had to laugh one year. My daughter, when she was seventeen. 
all of her friends were having, you know, boyfriends now all of a sudden. And so she didn't. And so she went to the tree and she took a 17-year-old boy. Oh, yeah, Relatable, you yeah. know, and something relatable. And I think that's what also gives us a spirit of giving, you know. And yeah. it's it's emotional for people, too. If you've, I know that you've come across that where yeah. if they don't have time to buy a gift, they come by and they give so generously. Yes. And that money will be used at the very end if we need to go out and buy anything or exchange it. Uh, we will do that. Um, but it, it, almost every year we've sold out of the bears, and I am so grateful for our community to do this. Yeah. Oh, and you've got a lot of helpers. So how many volunteers? Uh... <laughs> Unbelievable. 420. 420. Holy cow. The okay. mall shifts alone are 280 shifts yeah. of people. Yeah. It's an amazing thing. It's a community thing. getting together. It is. It's a community yeah. getting together. Um, talking about the workshop. So uh, I have been to the workshop. Um, speaking of which, um, that is something that is always in need is more space for Santa's Anonymous, it, right? It is, yes. It, yes. Um, we can talk about that maybe a little bit later. But sure. um, I have to, because you mentioned the firefighters and something that I learned as well too, because there are, there are toys that are at the workshop. We're talking new toys, you know, that have been uh, gifted or donated. Uh, and I understand that in cases where, you know, maybe if a family's had a fire and lost everything, the firefighters come and pick up something for the kids, right? Yes. And we're we, talking not just Christmas time, like any no. time of the year. Year round, yes. Yeah. We we keep our as if we can if we have space and we can keep our our toy shop up. Um, we uh, absolutely and we answered be, before we had to move last year and we moved into storage for just a real short period of time. Yeah. Um, that we answered twelve fires yeah. last year. And, you know, there's just nothing worse than kids all of a sudden standing on the edge of the road and everything's going up and they can see that. And so by our goal is always that by that night to have something to the hotel, uh, something for them to cuddle, something for them to know that, that, you know what, things get rebuilt. And it's good for the firefighters. They can come and pick up those toys. We work directly with them and emergency services. And, you know, that's how we make that happen. And, uh, you know, I I know for a fact it just has meant the world to so many families when that horrible thing happens and and we're right there um, Mm -hmm. as a community again. Amazing. And and again, it's not just Christmas time no. because you, you guys are in operation throughout the calendar year. We truly are. Yeah. And we move into our special grant program where we, we see that hundreds of kids go to summer camp, uh, special uh, snack programs in schools. Uh, we've changed our funding focus in the last while, Tony, because so many kids are hungry at school. That's a oh. challenge. You know, something so th- new. Th- this is something that we forget about. Uh, this is something that most people in the community are, you know, I mean, we're, we're always concerned about our own well-being. And I think we forget about the fact that even in a small town like Victoria, there are uh, people who just are less fortunate. It's true. And, you know, uh, the statistics are alarming when it's one out of five children growing up in poverty. Mm-hmm. And I check it quite often, the, the website about this, and I'm hoping to see those statistics change. And that's in our province. That's province-wide. And it's the, the website is called Still One and Five. Still One? One and Five one Children. And five. Okay. You know, oh. so it's it's hard to believe that, that that's how many kids in our province are growing up yeah. uh, in poverty. And so we can make a difference, though. We can make a difference by through special programs, through a gift in, in your hands at Christmas time, food in your belly. It all makes a difference. Wow. Uh, so, uh, again, for anyone who maybe has learned about Santa's Anonymous uh, uh, during this uh, this 
the show here, um, they can get involved. So visit the website, right? CFAXSantas.com. CFAXSantas.com. And there are things to do. So um, volunteering, uh, donating, um, uh, going in and uh, visiting the um, uh, uh, Tree of Wishes, uh, which is happening until when this year? On Dece- um, It happens until Monday, uh, December 16th. Yeah, so it's coming up. It is. Yeah, yeah. So, oh my goodness. I Again, I oh, Miracle on uh, Brasserie. We just had it. Yes, we that, did. That, and that's always a big thing. So, my and, goodness. And keep giving. We're, yeah. we're still accepting gifts, uh, and, and this is what will help us into the new year. Yeah. And do all those special things that you mentioned about uh, the, the year-round work and the special grant program. There's two employees with Santa's Anonymous. We keep everything under 10% admin fees. We work hard to keep it slim so yeah. we can give more to the kids. Yeah, and you'll be here 42 years from now as well. I Maybe not so. you, but uh, Santa's Anonymous. That would uh, be something. Yes. <laughs> Thanks again for coming. Thank you, Christine. Tony. Yeah, and uh, for uh, everyone else. Oh, think about uh, CFAX Santa's Anonymous and the other groups that we talked about today. Uh, it's Christmas time. Merry Christmas, everyone. We'll be here for you this time next week.